One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the place where musical memories are transformed into heartfelt conversations. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Mike Patella. Mike's a junior at Florida Gulf Coast University studying public relations. He currently works as the business director for Eagle Media on campus, where one of his main jobs is creating the Eagle Radio Music Festival every year, an event that brings live local music to FGCU's campus. When he's not working, Mike enjoys playing music. He's a multi-instrumentalist who plays drums, guitar, bass, ukulele, and sings. He came our way via Jared the Intern, and we're downright pleased to welcome him and his little guitar into our Song Story Studio. Hey there, Mike. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Yeah. So you got a little little guitar over there. I do have a little guitar over did there. Did you start with the little guitar and then the ukulele, or did you start with the ukulele and move to the little guitar? And when, if ever, did a big guitar fit into the equation? Oh, this goes way back. Um, so guitar never fit into the equation when I first played music. So it started, I mean, really started in preschool. My, my dad played drums for uh, throughout high school, and so we've always loved drums. And in preschool, they had the Little Drummer Boy show for Christmas. And I'm like, I want to be the Little Drummer Boy. And that's kind of when my love for music really started because I was like, bum, bum, bum. I mean, I did not this sound. this was preschool. This was preschool. This really did not sound like, you know, the song should sound. But it was, like, cool to, like, play the, you know, fake drum. And flash forward a little bit, I am in middle school and I really want to play the drums. And they have the jazz band auditions. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to p- perform and audition for jazz band. And I don't know any jazz songs. Like I, I'm a. My do you dad, know what jazz is by I, that point I, in your I, life? I do know it. Yeah, I had an idea, <laughs> you know. And I had like this basic jazz, like do 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 kind of like idea in my head, like sort of like Fly Me sure. to the Moon, Frank Sinatra sort of thing. Um, and but I just didn't know how to play that. So I went to the audition. I was raised on like classic rock, like ACDC, Black Sabbath, like all them. And I go to the audition, so I play Back in Black, <laughs> and I totally mess it up. Just it swing is, it. It's no, it's so bad. I, I, I'm literally like, I, I was so nervous. I don't even know what I played, but it was not what back school in black. was this? Oh, this was Rampo Ridge Middle School in Mawa, New Jersey. Okay, continue. Yes. So, so I mess up. I don't get in. They, they send me a, they send me a paper in the mail because they give out these papers back then before email. I'm kidding. I'm not that old, <laughs> but they send out these papers. Um, and it says, congratulations, you were chosen to play clarinet. And I'm like, that's that's really passive aggressive. Like, I, I didn't want to play clarinet. And I tell my dad, and he's like, listen, I found this place called School of Rock. Um, it's a music school, and I love the movie. I thought it was the same. Apparently, it's not the same, but we'll get to that. Um, so he's like, they do drums, and you get to perform in a band. Like, let's go check it out. So he goes there, and he's like, Michael, I want you to play guitar. And I'm, I'm super like, I just I don't want to play guitar. It's not cool. But I'm like, I'll do a trial lesson. So we go to the school and I do a trial lesson. I hate it. I'm like, drums is my thing. And so little 10-year-old Mike is now playing drums at School of Rock. Um, and I love it. I was the youngest person. So they have Rock 101, which is like the really young people. And then they have Performance Group, which goes out and actually does performances like whole shows. It's like it's like the School of Rock's jazz band. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> so so we had uh, the jazz, not the jazz band, the the performance group. And then there was like house band, which was like the really, really good. But I was the uh, the youngest person to ever graduate Rock 101 at that school and move over to performance just because I was 
I was really, I mean, not to my own horn, I'm like try, not trying to sound like good, but I was really good at the time for like a 10 year old. Um, and that's just how I got into drums. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was like 12 or 13. So I was there for a couple of years. Um, and it wound up becoming a lot of money. It was a really expensive program, a good, great program, but really expensive. So my parents were like, we're going to stop you. So then I had like nothing going on and I didn't really play drums in my house because it was loud and everyone hated me for it. So I had my grandpa's guitar sitting there. My grandpa passed away when I was young, but we kept his guitar and I kind of just like sat there and I was like, I'm going to learn how to play it. There was a couple songs I wanted to learn how to play. I wanted to learn like Taylor Swift. Um, there was like some Taylor Swift song that was on like, I'll start with that. That seems really easy. What kind of guitar was it? That was a, I don't know the exact make, but it was a Yamaha. It was like one of those beginner starter guitars. But it was a full-size guitar. It was a full-size guitar. guitar. Okay. Yeah, I was, about, I was about 13 at this point now. Um, and so I pick it up, and I go on YouTube, and I found a video. It's like how to play Shake It Off. I think it was that Marty Schwartz guy, which if any guitarist is out there, they know who he is because he's just like the go-to YouTube guy to find a song and learn it. Um so I go to YouTube and I find the song and I start plucking through it. I mean, it, it didn't sound great, but I eventually learned how to play all the songs. And I was like, all right, my next thing is going to be Blackbird. It's like the one song that I really wanted to learn. Um, yeah, I know. So I don't know if I jumped the gun there. No, but, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> but, but it was like the it's one song. It's not a simple song. It's not a simple song. <laughs> it's really not. But I've I, looked it up before. Yeah. I always believe, you know, start with something you're passionate about. Sure. Um. And if you really want to do it, you'll do it. Um, that was like my whole motto. That was kind of the school of rock motto. You know, they never really gave me sheet music. I can't really read sheet music. They never gave me that and were like, here, play this song. Right. It was more about performing and, and jiving with other people. Yeah. It was like, here's the song. Listen to it. Play what you feel, kind of. And then they would kind of guide you. But that's kind of how I just took my approach to music. It was play how I feel, you know, learn the chords, obviously. But then I never really took lessons. Um, and then it kind of switched over. and then. How we got to the little guitar is um, I have an addiction to buying guitars, um, like really bad. So I have like, I mean, I, I'm 20 now. So over seven years, I bought like 15 guitars. Yeah, I have a lot. <laughs> are they all little ones or you no, got all so kinds? They're all, all sizes. Kind. They're all kinds, all sizes. Hat, I, I have more acoustic What's your electric, uh, biggest but... full bodied acoustic? Oh, okay. It's the, uh, the Epiphone. EJ200 or SCE200. It's one of those, but it is a king size jumbo guitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, love the thing. I played it. Um, I'm part of Eagle Media on campus, and we put on this Eagle Radio Music Festival each year. Um, completely unshameful. I put myself in the lineup. Um, I was there. I was volunteering, bro. I saw you perform. You're like one of the first people to, I think. So you get to like rate his oh, yeah. description. Oh, yeah. what, huh? what do I get? What do I get, Jared? From one out of ten? Yeah. Honestly, you know, I'll give you a solid uh, seven and a half to eight. I'll take a seven and a half to you eight. You know, it's solid. Like, of course, there's always room for improvement. But also, it's outside. So Well, was... there is because I broke my string mid-set. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Which yeah. string? <laughs> Actually, oh, you know what? No. G. Forget it. I'm going to give you a painful string to break because I use it so yeah, often. Yeah, that's right there, though. <laughs> yeah, never mind. 8, 8.5, 9, you had to deal with that Thank during you. The, the performance. Thank never you. mind. <laughs> yeah, so I broke my string mid-set, so I haven't used the guitar in a while because I've been so lazy. I, like, I put it away after the show. And then, like, I was just, everything was hectic with dealing with, like, getting all things through procurement for that and making sure the festival's, like, all together and having people yell at me because something went wrong. So I just didn't really play guitar after that, and then I moved back home for the summer, and it kind of just sat in its case. Um, but, yeah, that is my biggest guitar that I have. How many ukuleles do you have? I have three. 
Um, yeah, two. I, I honestly, I have no idea. I, they were like the cheap ones off Amazon. So you don't have like a, a nice ukulele per I se. I do. You do. I do. One of them is nice. Yeah. So for Christmas one year, I got an Epiphone ukulele, uh-huh. which I didn't even know they made ukuleles, but uh-huh. I found it, and it's an acoustic electric ukulele, uh-huh. and it looks like a mini Les Paul. Is it a tenor? Is it just sort of the mid-sized one? Uh, it's actually a soprano. Okay, I so think. it's slightly yeah. smaller than the mid-sized yeah, one. Yeah, so it's a pretty small guitar, but it's so cool because it literally it looks just like a, a a sunburst Les Paul. Huh. Yeah. I have uh, um, a tenor ukulele okay. that's made by a company called Midland. So it's like made up by some guy in Wisconsin. So I got it, and it's really nice. And it's electric acoustic also. But I also have now moved into, I hardly play the ukulele. You ever, you ever know what a tenor guitar is? I've, you know, I've heard of these different kinds of guitars, like bass, tenor, and... Tenor guitar yeah. is a guitar that was popular up until about the 20s. It's a four-string guitar, so it's, it, it's a, a ergonomically exactly like a guitar-sized ukulele. So if you can play a ukulele, you can just pick it up, and suddenly you can just play it. I've got two of them now, and it's so cool. You'll have to show you. I'll have yeah, to show you so, so I just wanted to let you know that it was. I, I found that tenor guitar world, and I haven't played my guitar or my ukulele since. Now you said that they would like stop production nineteen twenty. Are they like antiques? Or no. They... Well, one of mine was made in the in the early sixties that I found. After I found one that's made by a company in somewhere north of here in Florida, like up toward Lakeland, um, and they make throwback instruments. So it's about ten years old, but it's based on one that was made, you know, 100 years ago. Got it. That's gotcha. cool. So, now that we've talked about small guitars, yes. uh, it's time for your first song. Okay, great. I think Blackbird would be a good one because okay. we kind of talked about it a little bit. You just alluded to that, so that's why I asked which one. Yeah. So, okay, well, what would you like to do? Tell the story or hear the song? Uh, let's hear the song. I already, I already gave, like, a little taste of the story. I don't yeah, know, so. yeah. Okay, uh, this is Blackbird by The Beatles from their self-titled album released in 1968. For this moment to arrive. So the story is it's just the first one of the first songs I learned on the guitar, and it's one of the songs I've just played nonstop. You know, there's been songs I've learned before, and there's been songs that, you know, they come and go, but that one is just like my rock, it's my go-to. You know, most guitarists they'll just pick up a song, they'll go to a they'll they'll pick up a mm-hmm. guitar and they'll go to a song. That's my go-to song. So anytime anyone asks me to play, they're like, Okay, play the guitar, you know, can you play? And that's the first song I bring because it's so beautifully written. And it's like such a wonderful piece of music with all like the harmony and the guitar and just the like softness of it. It's just so beautiful that I just I love it. And, you know, my dad, he's always been a big influence in, you know, my music taste and just my life. Um, So, you know, it's one of the songs that he kind of like introduced me to. Um, And, you know, a lot of the songs I learn are based off of him, you know. So Blackbird's one of them. And then, you know, kind of like Wish You Were Here and silent lucidity or like the two others that he's like hmm. those are two three that he's requested um so you know i always try to learn those songs for him so it's kind of like the relation between you know it's just one of my favorite songs um one of the f- songs that got me into music and kind of the relation that you know it's one of the songs my dad asked me to learn i saw you doing the the finger yeah. recording <laughs> wait yeah can you pick up your guitar and just play a little opener of it yeah sure you gotta swing we, that over no 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 we'll just All for right. this one we'll just yeah. <clears throat> get what we get Kind of put you on the spot there. Yeah, well done. <laughs> um, it's keeping him ready. Yeah, it's keeping you know, him ready. Keeping exactly. his uh, fingers warm or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, they're a little cold. It's all right. No, that's okay. Oh, it was great. Um, you know, I was thinking uh, as we were listening to it with the birds, I'm like, I wonder if those birds knew they wound up on a Beatles song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what, wonder what their contract they signed. I wonder if any of those birds 
progeny are still flying around today. Yeah, they, yeah. Actually, they, they actually have tattoos. <laughs> it's it's actually the birds from Good Feathers. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Neither do I. The Animaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little bit from the Animaniacs. Uh-huh. Oh, that is so good. Um, well, okay, that's great. Um, uh, you did your dad, you said Silent Lucidity and uh, and Wish You Were Here. Yeah, so those are two songs. Um, they're also songs I learned like so long ago when I was first learning guitar. Which I think, like, like I said before, they really helped me um, because they're such – I mean, they're not, like, super complicated. I mean, it depends on – I mean, that's a yeah, perspective yeah, thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, to me, they're just, like – they're very repetitive songs, but they get you to move your fingers in a lot of different ways. Yeah, there's a lot of changes in that. It's just, like, all just change, change, yeah. change, change, change. But it got me to sort of get used to moving my fingers and moving my hand around the neck of the guitar. So I think they're really good places to start. Like I said, start with something you're passionate about, and that's – harder to learn because you'll want to learn it and then you'll be so satisfied once you do you sing i do sing you sing those songs i do sing those songs you do an acoustic version of silent lucidity yes that's kind of sort of that's a big song yeah well i mean <laughs> I, I usually cut it off like you know okay you don't do the, the whole like interludes and yeah you know <laughs> smiling next you, to you you have an acoustic version of it <laughs> yeah yeah we the orchestra you know they're they're on sabbatical right now so <laughs> Um, so, um, what was the first band that became a band that you were fixated on in some way and you maybe wore a shirt or told people about, or, you know, like it was your thing? Ooh, see, that's a complicated one. Um, I've never had sort of a band that I've just been fixated on because I have such a wide variety of music taste. Um, there's always been certain, you know, times and songs by bands, but I never really stick to one band and fangirl over them. Um, in the past, not like the first band, but one of them that I've like, you know, one thing I always do is I watch Howard Stern. I love watching his ha- live performances. I think they're one of the coolest things ever because you get bands in the studio all together uh-huh. on the radio and they play their songs live. Um, so I love watching. I Green Day's been on them a couple times. Metallica, even Five Seconds of Summer. Um, you know, they're pretty simple with their songs, but I really enjoy that sort of pop punk. Uh sound that they had well that they had uh, they kind of switched over they hollywood got the best of them now they're boring <laughs> um but yeah uh that's what i got for that <laughs> do you um how do you listen to music these days so i'm a you know people might hate me for this one i'm an apple music person okay yeah i have a lot of friends who want me on like want me on the the witch trial for not using spotify because they're Spotify, they're like, it's the best thing ever. And I'm like, yeah, but like Apple Music's right there and it's on my phone already. The button is like almost an inch away from where the Spotify button could be. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong, but I just feel like the interface, I just like how Apple works better. Yeah, yeah. And I use Apple for everything else. So is Apple Music like Spotify in that, um, you know, you're not just buying songs and keeping them in a playlist. You have, you know, I can play almost anything instantly by just clicking it. Well, here's why I really love Apple Music. Someone told me this. I didn't know this about Spotify. Um, but someone told me the other day because I was I was having this debate with someone and they said, Spotify, you only like songs. You can't like add them to your library. So Apple Music, if you find a song, I can add whole albums or songs and make playlists and have them for in just my a library. subscription fee. So just you yes. pay X amount and you can just move all that stuff around. Yes. Well, f- as a Spotify user, you can add songs into a new playlist that you create. Uh, yeah, you can light songs to your favorites, but you can still add it to your own separate playlist. 
even hold albums see, and stuff. I didn't know. See, so I mean, I guess it's really a preference thing at that. Oh, point. definitely. I I heard that uh in Apple Music, uh, there's like a lot of songs that have like this Dolby Atmos feature thing that's going really, on. That's really nice, right? Yeah. I I, I uh I, I listen to music a lot uh, in the car and at the gym. Um, those are two times I could really have like you know surround sound with me. Um, and I have my I wear these Beats. Uh, and it, the sound is just so crisp on those songs that have the Dolby. I mean, it's like, it's literally like the song's just playing in my head. It's so nice. It's very cool. When was the last time you bought music that you could hold in your hand? Oof. You know, that's a great question. I don't know if I've ever bought music I could play and hold my hand. <laughs> I had a I had a record player for a while. You just were gifted records. Yeah, so like I said, my dad, he had all these records from, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, not really, but 70s and 80s of all these bands, you know, and they're that's the real sound. You know, and when he he pulls out, you know, Led Zeppelin's, you know, Black Dog on record from like when it was released i mean i guess not when it's released he's not that old he's gonna hate me but you're that, gonna but... hear what the person who bought that album back in 1977 heard exactly exactly what they exactly. heard yeah through some super <clears throat> modern record player sure yeah <laughs> but it's it's as close as i'm gonna get so i never really had a reason to buy a physical copy of music when was the last time you listened to music on fm radio in your car see that one is actually pretty recently. Um, you were in somebody else's car? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. Uh, no, it was actually a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, sometimes when I'm getting in my car, my, my phone doesn't automatically connect to my Bluetooth. And sometimes I'm in a rush, so I'll just throw on, you know, the radio. And I have to, I have to shift through the channels. I don't know the... I, I'm I'm new to the area, so I don't know all the channels. So I'm like search. I'm like, okay, what sounds good? Uh, but that was a couple of weeks ago. I think I got a couple stations. You had to drive like a peasant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. Do you remember the first concert you went to? I do. Billy Joel, Madison Square Garden. Nice. Yes, yes. That was. Were you uh, a big Billy Joel fan? Love Billy Joel. How old were you? Twelve or thirteen? Ah. Thirteen, fourteen? It was in that twelve to fourteen age range. Yeah, no, that was actually really fun. Uh, me and my dad went. He uh, he took me into the city because uh, we lived in Jersey at the time. So he took me into the city. We went to uh, some sushi. I think we went to Nobu for dinner, which is really good. Um, Richard gives a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, so we went to Nobu for dinner. And then he took me to Madison Square Garden. And outside, he sees Kevin James. And he's like, I'm going to go say hi. I'm like, please don't say hi. He, <laughs> he doesn't want to be bothered. We're just here to listen to Billy Joel. And of course, my dad never listens. So he goes and up and says hi. He's like, hey, man, I love your TV show. He didn't know his TV show. He's just saying it because he's like, I need to say something. And he didn't know what he was from. Thank goodness King of Queens was a show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he found that out after the fact. But the guy's like, oh, thank you. Yeah, and he's like, have a good night. So, I mean, I guess I missed out. But uh, then we went in and it was a, it was a great show. I mean, it was like number like 9,000 for him, but it was number one for me. So it was special. Um, how many shows have you seen? And, you know, is there a peak one? Um, I haven't seen that many. I'm not a huge concert goer, which a lot of people like are surprised by because I love being on stage, but like being at a concert depends. Like if there's seats, I'd love to go, but I hate just standing in a crowd with people surrounding me. It makes me feel very claustrophobic. Um, I've been to a couple. I can name them all too because I can hate them or love them. So my sister dragged me during her emo phase to a Pierce the Veil, Black Veil Brides, uh, Sleeping with Sirens sort of concert. Now, I've have an, I have an appreciation for these bands now. 
Um, their show was not for me at all. Okay. It was it was one of those like mosh pit shows. So I was, <laughs> I, I guess it's in video. It was one of those. Yeah, I felt you, claustrophobic. He's like he's yeah he's he's <laughs> acting like he's being surrounded by crazy and it doesn't like to yeah, be there. Yeah, so that was one of the worst. Um, and then I went to Panic at the Disco, which was one of my favorite shows. That's like my daughter's top three band. That that is one of their well, top three, one of her top threes. It was he is such a good live performer. Because his vocals are absolutely insane. Like, on the record, he sounds like he does in person. Then he sounds better. And he has such an impressive range that during the show, he'll just surprise you and, like, go up, like, four octaves. And you're like, oh, my goodness. And, and then he walked around stage at one point, And I took, my, uh, I took my girlfriend at the time to the show. So I, got, I made sure we got really good seats. And we were in an aisle. Um, and we were, like, a couple rows up from the stage. And all of a sudden, Brendan Urie starts walking by. And we got within a couple feet of Brendan Urie. And then I look on their Instagram later and were pictured in the uh, photo. So, so I had a wonderful... Is that the background on your phone? It, it's not, but I, I posted it to Instagram and I captioned it, hey, look, Ma, I made it. And then I put parentheses onto Panic at the Disco's Instagram. Nice. So a little, little Panic at the Disco pun. Uh, that's great. Um, you said you played at the uh, the Eagle Fest. Eagle Fest? Eagle Radio, Eagle Radio Music Festival. Eagle Radio Music yeah. Festival. Have you played many gigs out? And if so, what's the biggest? Um, I haven't played too many personally out. Um, I played, I, I usually play the sports bar. Um, my family friend has a comedy show that he, uh, he does and he asked me to open up one night. Um, and that turned into like a three hour gig one, another Friday night. Um, you got enough material for three hours? See, that was a challenge. So here's what happened. You start repeating songs every 45 well, minutes. Well, no, I wish. So I, it, this was literally with the span of 12 days. So I, I had, did the comedy show, and the owner or manager, whoever, came up to me and said, hey, we want to have you in two Fridays or 12 days from now, whenever it was. Um, and he's like, we want you to play for three hours, 45 on, 15 off, 45 on, 15 off, 45 on, 15 off. And I'm like, sweet. That's so exciting. You know, my first like actual gig by myself. And they're like, oh, we're going to pay you $200. Now I'm like, yes, so excited. Like $200? Oh, my goodness, I'm rich. I'm like a famous musician. I'm a professional musician now. So that counts. I got paid. So I go home and I'm like, I need to find yeah, three hours start worth of learning songs. So I, I spent one day just picking songs I think I could play. Yeah, like three chord songs that you wouldn't mind singing. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm dumb. So I do like, I, I did a ridiculous amount of like not that easy songs, but... Um, so I put together a whole set list of songs. Like, hold on, hold on. I give I give examples. So, I, what I usually do before these is I make like a playlist on Apple Music. Uh-huh. I mean, Apple Music should sponsor me at this point um, <laughs> because literally a music festival, music walk, all these things. Uh, Packy's gig, hold on, right there. So I had, like I said, I have a very wide variety of music taste. So I wanted to include like songs I wanted to play, mm-hmm. but then my parents and the manager was like, "We well, need to include songs of sports bar at uh-huh. nine p.m. on a Friday wants to play." So I, I did a good mix. So you know, I did like "Whipping Post" by the Allman Brothers, uh-huh. um, but then I went to like Two Ghosts" by Harry Styles. So it's really like all over the place. And then I did something like uh, "Creep" by Radiohead, Tennessee Whiskey, a lot of a lot of country classic rock. Um, songs. What percentage of that was completely new to you for that gig? Ninety. <laughs> um, there's about thirty songs. It's thirty-five songs on here. It's not even three hours. It's two hours and forty-five minutes. Um, but so there's thirty-five songs. I knew about five. I knew about three by heart. So now between twelve days, I had to learn all these songs. So 
for days. I would go home and all I would do was play. And then eventually I set up like a mock gig in my living room and I put together the PA system. Wow. And I, I wound up getting smart and I'm like, I'm not going to learn all these songs. So I invited a friend who also plays. Um, I invited her name as uh, Asia. She's wonderful. She came and played a couple songs. And I'm like, hey, why don't you come play Packies? Um, so we did a couple songs there. That really helped take the load off a little bit. Um, but yeah, so my hand started to cramp so bad. Um, and thank goodness at the time I worked at a, a chiropractor's office and they have a <laughs> massage therapist there. And I'm like, Hey, um, I need you to help me out because I have a gig tomorrow night and I literally cannot like fathom the pain that's in my hand right now because all I was doing for hours and hours and hours was playing. Um, but thankfully I, uh, I got an iPad. <laughs> I was going to ask if you were going to have the tabs up there somehow. Yes. Yeah, so, so I got an iPad phone, uh, microphone stand holder, which was a saving grace because, I I halfway through the gig I'm like I don't know these and you songs. can set it up so it like slow scrolly or something you know, yeah yeah so scrolls. yeah there's an app where it goes through the Scroll tabs slowly and it, they both work yeah uh, there's there's an app where it goes through the tabs and it has the uh, the lyrics and the chords and then how fast you want it to scroll for yourself gotcha yeah yeah so that really really helped um and then you know it was a Friday night at a local sports bar so at like yeah, hour I mean, like two it wasn't like left. people were sitting quietly staring at you. yeah no so <laughs> the pressure was really off I mean the entire first two tables were people I invited. So it wasn't like a huge deal, but it was just, it was exciting. How many of those songs could you play from memory now without the iPad? You know, probably like five. <laughs> <laughs> did um, it, so did any of them stick to the songs that you still play? Um, you know, there's a couple on there that I still play. Uh, it's just, I haven't, you know, found time to just, you know, sit down and play, you know, song after song after song. Right. And if I'm, if I'm playing just in my room, you know, I don't want to play the songs I always play, so I'll usually like learn a new song yeah. and play along with that. Um, but you know, I want to. I kind of. I brought my gig stuff with me, so eventually, I want to find time that I can actually get back out there and play because I do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. A lot of open mics around. Yeah. Um. You know, and if you broke down how much effort you put into that gig, you probably made like eleven cents an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the for the twelve days and the three hours I played, I it definitely was not enough. <laughs> uh. Okay. Song number two. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Which what else which, do I, what which else do I have? I, I you totally have uh, we we got the Backstreet Boys. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a good one too. Okay, we could do that, and we'll save. Yeah, have that... we had Backstreet Boys? I don't know, Jared. You should know, Jared. You've you've you collected all the data. Yeah, we've we've definitely had Backstreet's back twice. Oh, right. But I no, twice. No, no. I think I have blocked that. But I don't know. <laughs> If I Want It That Way has been on. I can't remember if we did this one. It's a shame because it's a great song. Well, what's the story? It's a great song. Okay, I'll tell the story. I'll tell the story before this one. So um, this song is, it's really a joke kind of story because um, it's another one with my father. Uh, we we go on cruises a lot and we always, we're like, we're big goose. We love to like be the center of attention, like make everyone laugh. So we decide that we're going, we're going to do karaoke. So we go to the karaoke and it's on formal night for for dinner. So cruises <clears throat> cruises have formal nights. So we're all dressed up. Is this like tuxedo formal? No, it was like a it was nice like, coat and tie. Yeah, like it's like a like suit tie and yeah, not, yeah. nothing nothing crazy. Not not black tie official or anything, but uh we go and there's this big ballroom and people are singing and we're like we got to we got to step up our game. There's some good people here. So we're looking through the songbook and all of a sudden we see I want it that way. And we're like, this is the song. This is it. We're going to do this. So we get on stage and now we're standing next to each other. We have our heads down 
and we're like, okay, here we go. Had we you talked this through first? No. You just <laughs> melding of the minds. Yes, yes, totally. It was totally a, a we were synced up at this point, and we, we are the Backstreet Boys. So we have our heads down, and, you know, you hear the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are, and we just like don't look up, and and then somehow throughout the dance we choreographed. I don't know how we did it, but we we started doing this like arm shake, swing, snap thing that we were doing, and everyone was going crazy, and we're like, I want it that way, and I would be like, Tell me why, my dad would be like, Ain't nothing but a heart. Tell me why. Ain't it's like I'm there. A- <laughs> and, and then we ended the song, and like everyone was like, Oh my god! So now any time that we hear that song, we even if we're in the car, we always do the little snap thing, the little snap, and, and we always sing it along. And any time there's a karaoke on a cruise, we are there. We are performing. We have our song down. How many times have you done it? Oh, we've done it a couple. It's, it's at least a handful. Every every cruise we've been on a couple, five cruises, maybe six. I love how we're the only ones that got to see the snap thing. Oh, yeah. I, I, I sorry, here, listeners. Wait, here, no, here. Well, let's film it. I, I got you. <laughs> Get back to that place. Yeah. Okay, hold on. You're welcome, wait, wait, wait. Tara. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome, Tara. Oh, I got to get away from my phone with my camera. Do you want me to oh, talk or just to snap? No, uh, no uh, do a little singing and snapping. Yeah. Tell me why ain't nothing but a heart. Tell me why ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell me why I never want to hear you say I want it that way. And we did one of those things. There's a whole, there's a whole dance to it. <laughs> It's a whole thing. <laughs> well, you ready to listen to it? Absolutely. All right. This is I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys from their 1999 album Millennium. That's a nice song. That really, that really, <laughs> telling the story, that really brought me back. I'm like sitting there like I'm in the moment. You know, it, I really, it felt like a spotlight was just on us at that moment. Like that was all. Well, it moment. probably literally was. Yeah, maybe. It could be. <laughs> no, it was so funny. I remember like even the harmonies for the part, like we had it like just, he was singing it and I was like going off on those riffs and I, I don't know how we managed to just. H- had you ever sung it together before? No. <laughs> Not, like maybe in the <laughs> car, like as a joke, but we never actually like sung it, like to sing it like fully through. Have you ever sung that or played? Can you play that on the guitar? Is there like a, a, a guitar version of that in your repertoire? There is because so I'm, I'm part of Greek life on campus. And one of the things we used to do pre-COVID was we would go into sororities and we would sing to them. And one of the songs that we did was I Want It That Way. So so we did like an acoustic version. Um, so there is an acoustic version of that somewhere in my repertoire deep down from way back when. Somebody shoot some video of that? There is some video of that somewhere. Well, dig dig it up. I will I will try to try find to it. dig it up. Yes. Which fraternity are you in? I'm in uh, Beta Theta Pi. Beta Theta Pi. Yes. Okay. Beta Theta Pi. That's okay. a new one to me. <laughs> I I had an ill-fated fraternity experience back in 1990. Oh no! What well, happened? Well, I, I, <laughs> I, we don't need to go into. It. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went away to school and crashed and burned, and a fraternity was part of the reason. Oh so boy, that's the very short version of it. Um, if you are doing karaoke without your dad, what's your go-to song? Ooh, see, I'm a big show off, so uh, I always love to do big musical theater songs. Um, you know, so I'll always pick like some like stupidly fun musical theater. Mamma Mia is a great one. I think that always stops the show. That's the ABBA one. That's the yeah. Do you see they're coming out with a new album? Is they really? Yeah, it yeah. was on NPR this they're, week. They're still kicking, man. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They are. But they have gone back in the studio and have created an entire new album of content. You know what that means. Mummy of Three is coming soon. I figured. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's called Voyage. Yeah. Voyage. I'll have to look it up. Um, but yeah, either that or 
Oh, what's the name? Oh, Tiny Dancer. That is a oh, that's yeah. a that's a cult classic. You know, have you, you seen Almost Famous, the movie? Oh, I have not. You should look it up. It's a really great movie, but it has this wonderful scene in it that uses that. It's got a lot of good music in it. But yeah, Almost Famous. Look I'll, it up. I'll look it up. Um, so musicals. Got a favorite musical? Ooh, favorite musical is Something Rotten. I think that is is the first musical that I ever saw. Um, it is. Like, just a combination of what a great musical should be. Um, but that's, like, official musical. That's my favorite. Then we dive into, like, the pop rock musicals. And there's a whole list. But uh, Next Normal is also a great musical. I love it. I only know all these because my daughter. She's a theater kid. Is she? So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Next Normal. I always wanted to do that show in high school because, like, my voice, like, matches the dad. And I'm, like, I'm ready. And then my our director, he was, like, we're in the car one time. He's like, well, you would be the dad if we ever did the show. And I'm like, okay, well, let's do the show. I'm ready. Like, I am into it. Let's do it. He's like, we don't have a mom. I'm like, oh, we'll find one. Um, so next normal. And then I, I, you know, the newer musicals I do like. Um, Dear Evan Hansen kind of is a good one. Um, I really like the, some music in it. Uh, the story is kind of shaky here and there. Um, but overall, really a fan of that. And then I hated, absolutely hated Hamilton. I hated it until I watched it because I was a big for years. It came out and I was like, this isn't musical. It's just a rap song. I don't like Lin-Manuel Miranda and all the theater people listening to this right now are hating me. They're like, take this guy off the air. Don't talk to him. But I really, I did not like it because it's one of those, I didn't realize it's one of those musicals that you have to kind of watch because it's sung through. Mm -hmm. There's no talking at all. I say mm-hmm, like I, that's weird. <laughs> I it, still haven't seen it. I'm um, so lame. It's on Disney Plus. I know Plus. it's. I've, 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 yeah, you know it's not the same experience. That's how I watched it, and I watched it like seven times through, um, because it really is so much different when you watch it because it's it's just things flow into each other and it's just really well done. Um, but yeah, out of top three, I would put it like something rotten next to normal and like Dear Evan Hansen are like up there. You did theater in high school. I did theater all of high school. Yeah. Um, I didn't intend to do theater. This is kind of going to go into the story. So if you want to, you know. Okay. Um, yeah. No, go ahead. Okay. So um, I never intended to do theater in high school because I was like, all right, high school going to be cool. But this goes back to eighth grade, actually, where my friends, I had a lot of friends who were girls. Like I just got along with them better in middle school. And they were all on chorus. They're like, Mike, you need to do chorus. I'm, like, I'm not going to do chorus. I don't really sing. Like I'm not in the mood. Somehow they dragged me into the chorus room and our chorus teacher was like, we need you. And I, that felt nice. So I was like, all right, well, now if I'm needed, I guess I'll go. Um, <laughs> so so I did chorus and I wound up doing pretty well. Um, we we actually did a, a chorus version of Stairway to Heaven, hmm. which is really interesting. But then I, I wound up being the lead on that. So I sung Stairway to Heaven. That kind of like pulled me. I'm this like, is right. chorus, not acapella group. This is chorus so yeah we had a band with us okay well it started i wanted to play drums on the song because i was like miss lar i need to play drums and she's like okay and then they had a band of high schoolers that were gonna play the rest of the songs with us so we had a couple other songs that we were doing and then all of a sudden last minute she kicked me out she's like i need you to sing it i'm like but i, I want to you could have phil collins did i should have yeah um that would have been so much better but uh she's like no we're just gonna have the guy drum it and so so I wound up just singing, you know, Stairway to Heaven instead of playing drums. But that kind of catapulted me into... You sang the lead on Stairway to Heaven. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they cut me off at before the chorus. That's when the chorus comes in, which right. is probably best because that ending... When I, it gets, when it just starts to... Yeah, I can't do it. It's just, it's funny though. I, I was supposed to do that song for the gig at the bar. And because of that, like, 
the the whole like it was too long. It was kind of like too hard of a song to do by myself. But then randomly, I was playing uh, Tom Petty. Uh, the, she grew up in an Indiana town, had a good look. I don't know the song. I, I yeah, forgot yeah. the name. Totally forgot Last the name. Dance with Last Mary Dance with Mary Jane. Jane. Yeah. I was playing Last Dance with Mary Jane, and I realized the chords are the same for the ending of Stairway. And oh. just somehow I went from. Uh, Last dance for Mary Jane. One more time to kill the pain. I feel so green. And then I finish the song and I keep playing the dun and I just go into I play the oh my goodness and I start and as we're winding down the road <laughs> and everyone in the bar went crazy. They're like oh my god. I'm like I didn't even know I could do this, but I just made a mashup live in the bar. And everyone's like oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, but and I digress. So <laughs> <laughs> Good digression though. Thank you. So, um. So anyways, so my friends then were going to audition for the school musical um, in freshman year. They're like, Mike, you did chorus. You were so good in that. You have to come out for the school musical. And I was like, I would, but jazz band. I was going to re-audition. I was going to. Yeah, I was going to. We're back to jazz band. Yeah. This is the time in high school. Yeah, I was going to redeem yeah. myself. I'm yeah. like, all right, now I know what I'm doing. Now oh. you're not going to play. What was it? Back in black. Back in black. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to mess that one up now. I'm better. I'll play you. Shook me all night long. <laughs> no. So, um. So they're like, just come out and audition. You don't have to get in. And if you get in, there's other people in jazz band that, you know, do both kind of emphasis on the kind of. Um, So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll audition. It was once upon a mattress. So it was the princess and the pea story, but musical version. Right. Um, And I was excited. I was like, all right, I guess I'll I guess I'll just try out for this. And I like, you know, I like to sing, perform. So I'm like, this this can't be all bad. So. I don't remember the audition at all. Cannot cannot recall it. Don't remember it. But you blocked it out, probably. But somehow I went to go check, and I look up on the cast sheet, and my name is the lead. And I'm like, that's odd. <laughs> like I didn't want to do this, but now here I am as the lead. Um, and then I realized, like you know, I'm I'm not too bad at it. So and I enjoyed it when I was doing it. So I I decided to keep going through uh through high school and. So I wound up and I was in New Jersey for freshman year and then my family decided that we're going to up and move to Florida. Um, so Here? I wound, yeah, uh, no, we moved to uh, Boca Raton. Okay. So it was, it was supposed to be Orlando and then it moved to Boca because we were kind of trying to find the best area for us. And then we found uh, the school had a performing arts academy uh, and we, my mom was talking to the director. They're like, how do I get my son in? Like, we want to do this because, you know, I want to be part of theater there. And so I wound up having to audition for this uh, this academy, and so I picked one song that I uh, I knew already that we did, um, and it's actually one of my next songs. I think it's my last song. It is your last song. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a musical. I think that's the one I picked, right? A musical. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Just checking. We <laughs> really. Went you're off you're landing. You're coming in for a landing right on this song. All right. Good. So, so the the song I sung was a musical because we did it prior at like a showcase that we did, um, and I was like, all right, I got this. So I'll I'll send in my audition tape, and oh my goodness, it is the most cringy video ever. It is me, fourteen year old Mike. And I'm wearing, I had no fashion sense when I was 14. I'm wearing like blue shorts with crabs on them and like a t-shirt with a weird pocket design. And my hair, I like started to do the side part thing. My hair wasn't long enough yet. So it's just like spiky up. And I'm wearing like, like weird, bra- like bracelets like this, but they were like weird colors. So they're like beaded bracelets with weird colors. Uh, and, and I just like perform this whole song. I'm doing like all these dances and, <laughs> and I watch it back because 
I wound up getting into the Performing Arts Academy and, and I find out that everyone has watched this video who's already in the Academy. Right. Because he was showing around. He's like, we're going to get a guy in. He could sing. We're excited. And then so I go show up for like orientation night and everyone runs up to me. <laughs> and like they do this for everybody. I'm not like super special here, but like they, they all ran up to me and they all knew me, which was weird. Because I'm like, I don't know you guys, but you're saying you know me. How? And they're like, oh, Mr. Blank. That's not that's his actual name. I'm not just like blanking out his name. Uh, Mr. Blank showed us your audition tape. And I'm like, oh. And they wound up showing it to me a couple years later because I haven't watched it since. I had no need to. You still have it? I do still have it. Yes. I, okay. I can send it if there's some like promotional thing you want to oh, do yeah, with that. No. Okay. Tara, yeah. Tara, are you listening, Tara? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh my goodness. Oh, I shouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's a really cringy video of me singing a musical and it just comes back to but haunt me. But it got me. you into school. It, you know, it, it served its purpose. It if got you had me a, a normal haircut and dressed with fashion sense, you might not have got in. Yes. And, you know, we, we can listen to the song because then there's just like hundreds of other stories that I can tell about theater that just go like way deeper and get ridiculous from here. But this all is right. where it all started. This is when your feet don't touch the ground. Oh, I totally messed up. Stop. <laughs> Stop. No. Hold on. That was a joke. You're joking. No, I mean, that's what I've. That's oh. what you sent me. Oh. But we can we can stop it right here and you could just tell me what it is and then I can do that Quick again. And this will all still be in there. See, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you tell us what it is. That's on me. No, oh, it's on Richard. Yeah, we we did the follow up on the story stuff, and he pivoted, ah, and I didn't realize I was see, the only one who saw it. We take responsibility for so that's our me. minor errors. That's on this totally show. my bad. Totally <laughs> should have sent it the no, first time. No, it's okay. Just started checking my emails. Too. We tell people that they have the right to change their song up to the last second. Okay, that is one of our bylaws, and we are just applying it here for the first time Excellent. in a while. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so tell us what it is. <laughs> so this is a musical from the musical Something Rotten. You did all that? Okay, so... That's <laughs> <laughs> no, a so, long video. Yeah, no. Uh, there, we, there we, for the showcase that we performed the song there at There was prior, a sort of truncated version yeah, of we, it. Yeah, so we took out the whole dance break middle part. So, I mean, okay, I'm going to explain this because <laughs> most people listening to that are probably like, what the hell did I just listen to? Um, the show Something Rotten is about... Nick and Nigel Bottom, who are two brothers who are playwrights in the Shakespearean era. And they are in the shadow of Shakespeare and they never get their plays because Shakespeare is getting all the glory and they're sick of it. So Nick Bottom goes to Nostradamus to predict what's the next, what's Shakespeare's next big hit, what's the next big thing. And he predicts it's going to be a musical. And this has never been heard of before, musicals. Right. So Nostradamus then does this big 11th hour number in the show. Well, it's not the 11th hour, but it does this big showstopper number in the show where they explain what a musical is. And then there's like little hints at musicals throughout like Annie and uh-huh. chorus line at the end. So it's just like a culmination of all great musicals into this one song in this show. So I, I really love that song. Um, are you familiar with Schmigadoon? I love that show so much. I haven't much. seen it, oh. but it sounded like I was listening to something sort of parallel to yes. it. Yes. Well, fair to say. Yeah. So Schmigadoon is kind of, you it's know. It's kind of like does kind of that, So right? Schmigadoon is a satire, and so is Something Rotten's a satire as well. They're both, um, you know, kind of poking fun at, you know, musicals that used to be, uh, you know, old-timey musicals. Um, like, you know, sort of like Oklahoma-y kind of things. Right. Um, but yeah, great show. Definitely watch it. I I had the, uh, had the vid a couple months ago, and... I watched it in my room while I was quarantined. Great pastime. Great pastime. What was your favorite uh, production from high school? Favorite production from high school? Um, That's a great question. I think it's a tie between Little Women and Hairspray. Um, Very different shows. Who'd you play in Hairspray? 
I was Corny Collins in Hairspray. Of course you were. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, okay, I really wanted to be Link. So back in freshman year of high school or sophomore year of high school, um, throughout the whole year, there was hints that we might be doing Hairspray. And I kept dropping, you know, hints at my director, like, oh, like, I could be Link. Like, I love, like, his songs. I love the character. But, you know, f- sophomore year, Mike, he was a 235-pound uh, little chubby, you know, prepubescent, like, kid. It was it was a bad look. Like, <laughs> and I remember him saying, he's like, you would never be Link. And that sent me off. So that entire summer, I went with a trainer at the gym, and I lost almost 50 pounds by October. So, and I was 180 pounds soaking wet, and that, like, really set me off. Because it was like, that was my one thing. I wanted to be Link. So, and you still didn't get to be Link. Well, okay. So then, <laughs> then we didn't do the show junior year. Not that and, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, well, it, well, it was worth it. Well, then I wound up gaining a lot of weight back before um, senior year of high school. I gained like 30 pounds. Not, not really. I mean, like 20, 30 pounds. Um, and I'm, I remember walking my audition. I'm like, you see me now. It's November. By in March, I will look like the part again. Don't you worry. So I went in and there was a bunch of, I really sold it during the auditions, but then came back and one kid, uh, he got Link and, you know, whatever. Um, and I was Corny Collins, but I did a lot in high school, uh, like theater. I was the tech president and like, I was Corny Collins. Like, like my director, I got to a point where he just like trusted me a lot, which was really nice. Um, so, you know, there was, there was one point where during the show, we weren't sure if Link was going to, you know, do it. And he, he, he came back to me, we were backstage working on some lighting thing. He's like, listen, I might need you to learn Link's part. Um, just in case you have to go on for him because I'm not sure if this kid's going to make it. The kid wound up making it, but then, like, that, I feel like that was just cruel because I was like, so now I'm, like, learning this part, and I'm like, I might get to, like, live it, but honestly, I would not change Corny Collins for the world. I wound up uh, winning a Dream Award at the Kravitz, not the Kravitz Center. No, the Kravitz Center. Um, they do a uh, the thing called a Dream Awards, which are high school theater awards, um, and if you win a Dream Awards as a lead actor, um, you get to move on to the Jimmy Awards. And uh, one of the kids who won the Jimmy Awards was playing Dear Evan Hansen in Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway. So I was like, wow. Yeah, I didn't get that far. <laughs> hey. But uh, I did. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I won uh, Best Supporting Actor for the role. So, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason. What was your favorite role ever? You know, I, Maybe that one? Well, okay. I had bronchitis the entire run of the show. So it wasn't really my favorite because I was like super sick. And halfway through the show, I mean, I, literally one song, I could not even sing it because it was so high and my throat was just so, it was like, uh, hairspray. It was bad. Um, probably Professor Bear and Little Women. Um, I thought I would hate the show. Is that a musical? It is a musical. Yeah. Little Women, the musical. Yeah. It's, oh. it's surprising. I thought I would hate the show. Um, but it's about, you know, Joe March, who is a writer and she just wants to be a writer. But, you know, at the time women weren't really supposed to be doing things like that. And so she decides she's going to break the status quo and become a writer. So she moves to New York and she meets this Professor Bear. And it's about like her whole life and how she wants to, you know, be this standout woman in the time period. It was actually a really good show. Um, I loved my part because I was on for 10 minutes in act one. And then I sat backstage for the entire rest of Act One and did nothing. So I went and snuck back around and sat with our sound designer at the show. I had like a hoodie on and like put on basketball shorts and like hid my face. I had makeup. I had like a beard put on myself, like you know, because I have a shamefully terrible beard. Um, so I put a beard on and I would just go sit backstage until like Act Two, where I'd go back and I was in a lot, in a little bit of Act Two. But it was song wise and just role wise, it was one of my favorite roles. Um, and it, it challenged. I had to do a German accent, which. I'm not going to do because it was, I don't know how it was, but it was, you know, I, I don't want to offend anybody if it wasn't that good. So um, it was, it was just a kind of challenging, but exciting role. What was the last time you did theater? When was the last time you did theater? Last time I did theater, it was Little Women again, because we wound up doing the show as our fall musical. 
Um, but then, so in Florida, there's uh, the fest, the Thespian State Festival, mm-hmm. um, and a couple shows, a couple like handful out of like fifty, uh, get picked to perform at Morsani Hall. And our show was one of the shows that won and got to uh, take our show and move it to Morsani Hall and play to uh, six thousand people one night. So um, that was the last time I really did theater. Um, I didn't really get into it in college, but that's a good way to go out. <laughs> Do you have any desire to get back into it? There's some local theater companies that I know the people that run them. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of iffy on it right now. Um, you know, it's something I really enjoy to do, but not sure it's something I want to pursue as a career. So in the future, I might want to get back to it once I'm kind of done focusing on my studies and making sure I'm in a good place that I can, you know, move on from. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, I, it's always hold a, held a dear place in my heart. Whenever a theater song comes on, I always get, like, teleported back to, you know, the old days where I would just, like, break out in a song and, like, be on stage and, like, it was it was like it was like my safe place. Uh, you know, the one of the last things I did um, in theater was I. It was like the last day I was there. It was after a show and we were closing down. I used to work for the school as like a technician for the theater shows that would come in, like from the uh, regional shows. And it was breakdown for one of those shows, and it was the last time I was going to be in the theater. So one of the things I did was I just kind of like was on stage and soaked it in, like sort of Troy Bolton uh, High School Musical three kind of vibe. Um, and I kind of like sang through all the shows I've been part of and kind of walked through and just kind of like sat down as like, you know, this place gave me like four years of like, well, three years, I guess I wasn't there. Uh, but, you know, theater gave me four years of, you know, fun and friends and good times in high school. So I mean, it really set me up for good things in college. So cheers to that. That makes me feel really good as a, a father of a daughter who's living a parallel life to yours. In some ways, she's 16 and is at the art school that you have to audition for. And she's an officer in the thespians. And, it's great. You know. It's a great thing to be a part of. And I never have done theater, but I've been around theater and I've been around uh, theater booths more specifically. And there's nothing like being in a theater when there's no one else in there. It's Just so peaceful. On standing on stage, even if you're not an actor, walking backstage. Or being back in the booth when you're presiding over, you know, I just love that. That's my yeah. that's my way in. It's, it, it is such a peaceful thing. I mean, even before the shows when no one else was there, I would just stand on stage. It's like the calm before the storm. Like, you know, tonight there's going to be a couple hundred people in here and we're going to have a good time. But, you know, it, it's just theater is something that, you know, even if you're not into like theater, it, it provides you a way to learn to work with people a way to learn how to meet deadlines and a way to learn a lot of good skills um, that you can use forever. So, you know, I'm always grateful for, you know, my time in theater. So you may know the answer to this. Karaoke, musical theater. If you go do karaoke, will there be selections from musical theater there? Absolutely. I've, I've seen a couple of musical theater songs there. I mean, there's always like Defying Gravity, which people gravitate, <laughs> gravitate Is towards. there such a thing or should there be musical theater karaoke? I think like you could just get people. Just yeah, you should, like I know somebody who do they do a punk rock karaoke, and they okay. actually have a band, and so the band will learn X number of songs, and so you can get up and you can do punk rock oh, to really cool. and do karaoke to live music. But I can imagine just doing a karaoke night that just the whole playlist is just nothing but not just the main ones, but yeah. like some of the more esoteric ones where you just maybe pull up the karaoke version, you know. Yeah, I think that'd be excellent. And we we used to do these things we called start one of those with Eagle Media. <laughs> we should. I'll write it down. <laughs> um, but there used to be these things that we do called dessert theaters, which are kind of that. Um, it wasn't like karaoke, but um, it was just like, you know, there there would be a psych on the backdrop, which is just like a white screen that mm-hmm. you would project light onto. And uh, all of the theater kids would just pick one song that they wanted to do or two songs. And it would be like a showcase of musical theater. No no costumes, no nothing, just like black clothing and, and just the song. Um, so it's kind of similar, you know, not as, you know, pick the song and, you know, just perform it on the spot. But right. 
That's a great idea. I love that. I'm in for it. We're going to patent it. Um, <laughs> if you um, do, you have any TV theme songs committed to memory that you'll sing with us? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the Friends one pretty okay. Pretty okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll do Friends. That's one that's old standby by now. We're coming up on our fourth year anniversary, and Friends is one of the old standbys. This Friends is a great one. <laughs> Got to get the claps right, though. That's an important part. <laughs> on this show, we say <laughs> clap, 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 clap. Like you should clap, but also. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Your job's a joke, you broke. Your love life's DOA. Yeah. It's like you're always stuck in, in second gear. When it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year, but I'll be there for you. Oh wow, you're going musical theater oh, style. <laughs> I'll be there for you. I'll be there for you. Cause you're there for me too. Okay, I guess I knew the whole song. <laughs> Did not know that. That was was like That was the most musical theaterized version of the TV theme song we've ever done. Happens a lot. I love it. Um if you were a championship wrestler, what music would you come in on? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, oh, Chop Suey, I feel like would be a great one. Chop Suey? Yeah. It's by System of a Down. And it's like, just like music in your face. Okay. It's like very like, and I feel like that'd be like a great, like very hyper, but like angry way to walk out. Um, if you were a cocktail or drink of some kind, what would it be? Old fashioned. Uh, personalize it somehow. Oh, I have to like make a drink, like name it. Yes, there. We 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 want you to be personified in a uh, cocktail okay, or okay. drink. It can be right. based on that. It mm. can just have like a, I can, like, a name special it. straw. And yeah, you have to name it. You okay, don't, you, you don't. You can't not. Yeah, it's gonna to be boring. It. I feel like Mike's old fashioned. I feel like the the beauty of the drink is that you know they don't all have to be. Crazy. I feel old fashioned, so I think the name kind of fits it perfectly. Okay. Mike's old fashioned is just a normal old fashioned. It's just a normal old fashioned, you know. Stick to the way it is. Okay. Ooh, actually, we'll put it in a we'll put it in one of those martini glasses instead of like the the. Scotch Perfect. Glasses. You have now there personalized you it. Um, if you had to guess, what would you say is the song you've listened to the most times? Mm. I've had "Light My Love" by Greta Van Fleet on repeat for the past like three days nonstop. So I'll I'll say that one. Okay. Um, what would you say is the most overplayed song of all time? Overplayed song. Shake It Off was like really bad for a while. I'm going to say Shake It Off because it's just like. Uh, are there any kinds of music or songs in particular that you'll avoid listening to? Not avoid. I'm I'm a really big fan of most genres of music. The only thing I really stick away from most of the time is like underground rap with like super computerized beats and it's not my big cup of tea. If you could broadcast a song into the head of every human simultaneously, which would it be? Hmm. Got me there. You still have time. All right. Glad. <laughs> time on the clock. Um... I would put, mm, that's a tough one. Right. That is a, that is a t- it's like one of those things like what would your superpower be? And then you start thinking of them and it's like, which way do I want to go with this? Yeah. I would just take Superman's powers. That's an easy question. Like just take his and then he has all of them. Um, 
Ooh. Can I phone my music playlist? Thank you for the Jeopardy music. <laughs> I'm phoning my music playlist. Oh, okay. I have one. I don't know why I would put it in everyone's heads, but it's just like a go-to song I think is really great. Heart of Glass, but the Miley Cyrus version. She's done an excellent job with that, and it is is badass. Okay. Um, are there any albums that you listen to in their entirety, or since you're not really a music buyer, do you just uh, listen to music in your own form? There are a few no skips. Um, I started. That's what I. I'm going to start asking people if they have any no skips. Yeah, I no like skips. That. So because that is I, what we're asking. Yes, did not coin that term, but it is something I heard somewhere and I've been using it. Um, so we like when our guests are transparent about whether yes, they originated no, did not, idea. can't take the would love to can't take the credit um yeah so when i do the drive from boca to fort myers it's about two hours which is about two albums so one thing i try to do is I, I challenge myself to listen to two new albums each time um one song one album i just keep going back to is miley cyrus's plastic hearts i listen to it in its entirety i think it is perfect it is like rock and it brings back to sort of joan jet blondie's kind of vibes and i think it's a great album so, Plastic Hearts by Miley Cyrus. So, you're probably roughly the right age. Did you ever watch Hannah Montana? Loved Hannah Montana. <laughs> Great. Best of both worlds. Yeah, no, I did. All right. It was, it was, it was, it was a good show. It, it, it was one of those, you know, shows that like, got me I've seen a lot of it. So, I, I mean, it, not that I, you know, oh, am my, a fan, but <laughs> I, I have a daughter, so there was a point in time me, where me and I was my, around. Me and my one friend for our, like, fifth grade talent show decided that we were going to do the Cheese Jerky song. From one of the episodes, I think it was Rico and the brother, Jason, Jason Earls. I don't know if his name was Jason in the show, but um, we decided we were going to do the, I'm the man who had the cheese, I'm the man who had the jerky. We put it all together. And dude, it really, we, we didn't wind up doing it, but but it was it was a practice thing that we had a dance and everything too. So loved Hannah Montana. So we normally ask this to somewhat older guests. So there's some more distance between the year you are and the year it is. But what would the kid who made that video trying out for that art school think of who you are today and where you've been since then that's a great question i think that i think he'd be kind of proud um but also kind of you know just saying like you know you're here but just wait because it's going to get better soon because not that I'm like depressed. That sounded bad, but, yeah. but like, you know, I'm, I'm when I, I always have like big ambitions for myself. Um, so like I have big goals and big dreams and, you know, some of them I met, some of them I want to keep meeting. So I think he's looking back saying, good job. You've done it. Now do more. I think well, that's what it'd be. All right. Okay. So of your three songs, okay, you're going to have to categorize each of them in one of these three buckets. Okay. One is the only music you get to hear for the rest of your life. If you turn on any musical source, it's what comes out. One, you're going to kill. It's going to be removed from ever having existed. And then the third, you're going to guarantee that people are going to listen to it forever. Okay. Well, I'm going to just put Beatles and listen to forever. I, I'm not going to be the guy who killed the Beatles. Um, so, so Blackbird, so Blackbird forever. forever. So um, now you have to kill or turn into music. Oh, boy. That's that's tough. Um, Could you stand the Backstreet Boys for the rest of your life? You know, I would. I, you're right. <laughs> you, you help me out there. I would. I would definitely uh, 
have to say the musical would be something. A musical has keep. a lot of variety in that That's one true. song. That's true. You know, yeah, as far so as songs that become music, that one's like like you're yeah. you're getting off easy. Yeah, we'll we'll put that one in there. And Backstreet Boys. I'm sorry. You're gonna I'm, kill you, the Backstreet you Boys. You, you guys haven't just been that for one long song. Enough. I'm just oh, they're, they're still be around. They're in the corner. I'm just putting a blanket <laughs> over them. They that, can live fine. without that song. <laughs> um, okay, well you've done it. It's time to recommend your three people. Okay, um, three people I recommend. I would recommend. Rory Cushion because he has very very similar but unique music taste and he could talk about music for a while. Um, I'd recommend Sam Palmisano because he is very well spoken and can talk forever. And then I'm gonna need to think about a second to think. Are the about first third. two people who are like here on campus yeah, or friends of yours? Yeah, they're people I can get. Gotcha. Um, hmm. We'll edit this out. <laughs> Um, third person that I would put, I gotta think about people who would be here. I had someone in my head and I'm like, oh wait, they graduated. But they can be remote. They can be, you know, we, we. We'll send them a mic. They don't have to be here. Um. We will make it work. I would then say Lauren Shanley. Um. Yes, thank you so much. Oh, I miss her. (laughs) I miss her too. I was talking to her yesterday. She's my sushi buddy, my music buddy. She she's at FIU now in Miami, so she's a little bit of a drive. Um, I'm going but, to Miami this weekend, so hey, you should text her. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, so she would be someone that could really talk for a little bit about music, and she loves music too. So awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. Absolutely, it's been really fun talking with you. And um, I understand you're going to play us a parting tune. Yeah, yeah. So quick story on this one because this one this one requires a story. Um, really quickly. Um, this is a song that I wrote in sixth grade. And it's one of the only songs I've ever written because I hate it so much. I li- like I hate this song. I'm gonna preface it with that. But everyone I show the song to, like, loves it. Like my parents, my friends, they all like always request me saying it's probably a joke. But um, this song is called Friend Zone because in sixth grade I wanted to ask out this very cute girl. Her name was Allison, and I was like, Allison, I'm gonna ask you out. It's gonna be great. Like we're, we're like kind of close. You know, like she's she was like she was like in middle school. She was like that girl. She was like the like cutest girl in school. I'm like I'm gonna go ask her out, and I come up with this whole plan. And one of our mutual friends sees me before the plan. He's like, Hey man, I talked to her. She said you're just a friend, and I, that like broke me. So I wound up never asking her out. And like, you know, he may have been playing you. Well, okay, so I never asked her out. And then (laughs) I post on Instagram, like back when people didn't know how to use Instagram, I posted like my notes app and I drew like stick figures. And it was like a meme. It was like when she said, you're just a friend. And she knew I was going to ask her out apparently because she commented. She's like, you never even asked me out. And I'm like, (laughs) but that sort of like sparked me to I didn't even play keyboard at the time, but I, I sat down at a keyboard and I wrote this song. And then when I learned guitar, I switched it to a guitar version and it's kind of like a little joke song that I play about being in the friend zone. So I could play that. Okay, you start to tune up. I'll get Richard. We'll do this thing. Right. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and host. This episode was engineered by Jared the Intern Gonzalez. Christophus is our executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're handing it off to Mike. I think you're cute. Would you mind going on a date with me after school? And she said, no. Oh, we're in the friend zone. Nothing more, nothing less.
I think that's just a bunch of BS Sending me mixed messages I don't know how to take them We're in the friend zone Yeah, that's true But at least I'm there with you No, that still sucks Next week I try my luck again I only think of you as a friend That really hurt to hear her say Those words to me that day I guess I'll just have to fight through the pain Cause we're in the friend zone Nothing more, nothing less I think that's just a bunch of BS Sending me mixed messages I don't know how to take them we're in the friend zone, yeah, that's true But at least I'm there with you We're in the friend zone Thanks. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories... Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, yeah, sure. That's big. That's big. <laughs> the biggest. Tradition. Yes. <laughs>